welcome to episode four of the Big Man Beard podcast. Welcome to the Big Man Beard podcast, episode four. Uh, really excited today. Got Stuart Wishusen here from Pancho Datos, oh, the perfect. tequila business. And obviously the lovely Lucy's here. Hi. Um, I won't lie, this is the second time that we've done this <laughs> due to my wonderful editing skills. I managed to delete the entire podcast and all its recordings. But we'll just let you know that the first one was really good. Thanks. <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah, yeah. just just <laughs> like. I think it was just like a, it was an exercise in how to deal with situations, wasn't it? We had yeah. a situation, we can't do anything about it, so let's No, move quite on right. And I was exactly. equally as supportive to say. Cheers. Oh, no. <laughs> so, for the second time, tell us about Pancho Datos. Cool. Uh, well, first of all, thank you very much for inviting me on. I think the stuff that you're doing is absolutely fantastic. And um, hopefully, Big Man Beard, I've already heard it's inspiring people with mental health so thanks Thank for inviting you. me on Thank feel you. feel very privileged um so tequila panchadatos yeah um so everyone has got a bad tequila experience um we all probably know tequila experiences from when we used to have horrible tequila in um awful nightclubs at one o'clock in the morning yeah Used to uh, tell from that, Lucy, that you've uh, you've experienced that as well. I have a horrendous tequila story. It's disgusting. Again, yeah. nightclub story. Uh, yeah, shot at three a.m. Came straight back out. Projectile vomiting into the <laughs> man's face in front of me. Oh no! It was gross. It was pretty bad. Yeah. And now you're going to tell us you went on to marry him. <laughs> I have no idea where this poor man is. If you're listening, I'm so sorry. Still scarred for life. <laughs> yeah. um, so those tequilas we used to have in those horrible nightclubs uh, are called mixo tequilas, and tequila is made of uh, something called an agave plant. And mixo tequilas are fifty percent agave and fifty percent other, basically. And it's that other stuff that causes the burn in the back of your throat, uh, the horrible hangover in the in the morning, and just a horrible experience which is why you have it with salt and lime and lemon and throw it in the air stick it through your eye or whatever they do in in those in those nightclubs that's um, so interesting i never knew that it was sort of mixed yeah. with crap and yeah. or whatever else that's yeah. so interesting to know that and actually it's about the quality of what you're drinking what you're putting in your body i suppose absolutely mm. so pancho datos is 100 percent agave tequila so it's 100 percent pure in terms of the agave that's used um, for the tequila. Um, and that is a completely different taste from those mixo tequilas that we used to have before. Um, but uh, as tequila has a reasonably poor reputation in this country, it provides a challenge and an opportunity for us because what we need to do is um, tap into those experiences and say, well, actually, this was um, the cheaper end of the market tequila and this is a premium tequila, which Pancho Datos is. Mm. Um, so it provides a challenge but also uh, a real big opportunity as well and we have so many occasions where people try tequila and realise that it's just different to what they've had so what before. does it taste different what's the what is the taste difference um, so it's a lot smoother for a start um, the flavours in the, it's been a long time since I've had mixo tequila but um, yeah it's, um, uh, there's a herbal flavours to it um, our tequila is what we call a lowland tequila so it's uh, highland tequilas tend to be um, sweeter and lowland tequilas tend to be more savoury. 
Uh, and ours is a lowland tequila. So there's some pepper well, in it. Well, I'm definitely a saving <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Oh, that's excellent news. Yeah. Um, and we've got a couple of expressions which I'll go through now, but some of them have got like a vanilla or caramel flavour and woody flavours. And I'll have to bring uh, some for, to, for you guys to check out because I think you'll, you'll adore it. Maybe some, uh, some tequila and tonics as well, which uh, we'll go on to talk about later. Um, Amazing. Um, so, yeah, uh, it's uh, the brand was started by... Um, the brand is owned by four of us, um, Luis Carlos in Mexico, and me, uh, Pete Gascoigne, and James Baker in the UK. Uh, Luis started the brand in 2015. He wanted to uh, honour his grandfather's legacy. Uh, his grandfather wrote a book called Pancho Datos, and it was written in 1947, and it's a book of Spanish poems um, all about the Mexican Revolution. Wow. Um, and in those poems, Pancho um, rides around on his horse, uh, singing songs to different people about the Mexican Revolution, uh, drinking tequila. So um, that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, so it's a really cool story, and yeah. I've actually tried to translate some of the uh, poems. It doesn't always translate perfectly, but they're really powerful, and mm. um, you know when you've got something powerful when it can still live up to. Um, today's society yeah I was going to say yeah well. resonates within um, modern day yeah, yeah. Um, it's a brand that means so much to Louise and so much to us as well because it's it's honouring that tradition and I love something with a story yeah. like that mm. it's it's brilliant um, yeah. Louise thought right I'm going to create something that's going to honour my grandfather's legacy and what more iconic than tequila in Mexico um, so yeah that's the, that's the story and then um the reason why there's three UK people who own a tequila brand, a few years ago, um, Luis approached Pete, who is married to a wonderful girl called Ari, and Luis and Ari are cousins. So Luis um, approached Pete and said, do you want to try and give this a, a go in selling it in the UK, which they did, and he brought James in, who he went to university with, mm -hmm. and they tried, they were brought it over in 2017 had a good go at uh, selling it and then um i'd worked with pete for about seven years i'd had enough of my job so i decided to uh, approach pete and see if i could come on the brand and they agreed which they'll say is the worst decision they ever made um <laughs> and that. <laughs> uh, and that's it really and so i'm the full-time member of staff i started in june um, which was <laughs> right in the middle of lockdown, which presented its own challenges. I can imagine. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, it was a difficult time because um, we were all preparing for me to come on the brand. I was working my notice at the, my previous job and uh -huh. then, then the lockdown occurred. And 95% of our business plan was aimed at selling at bars and restaurants. Absolutely. Um, for cocktails. And because yeah. of that bad reputation of tequila or the improving um, reputation tequila, should I say. Uh -huh. We honestly didn't think there was going to be a channel there for people buying premium tequila at home. And yeah. We couldn't have been more wrong because we've turned our attention to people buying at home through lockdown and it's been fantastic for us. We've sold... Excellent. We've had our best sales months, actually, through um, the first three months of lockdown and it's opened up a complete new channel for us, which has been, which has been great. That's so, brilliant. Gin's been really popular in recent years and moved away from the kind of ale and, and beer drinking 
and a lot of people, yeah, 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 the fashion side of it, it's really fashionable. Are you hoping tequila's going to take the same journey? Is it on the same journey already? Um, that's our hope. Um, I don't, I don't know if tequila in the UK will ever get as big as gin because the gin phenomenon is just, just crazy, isn't it? I mean, you go into any bar. I mean, look at our local. <laughs> They've got yeah. an incredible amount of gins, and their yeah. forte is ale. Um, but yeah, um, but you never know. I mean, gin. My dad would drink gin and tonic, and I didn't know that any other gins apart from Gordon's existed when I was growing up and I just saw it as a disgusting old man's drink and it was really boring and look at it now you know so you you never know absolutely I mean it's definitely children growing up could think oh, and then all of a sudden absolutely yeah. boom but that... do you as a business what's your responsibility in changing people's opinion how do you do that so we um we, we have a number of sort of mixologists who do and influencers who play with our tequila and come up with these incredible drinks for us to be able to promote and show people that it's not just about shooting, um, just having it the shots and how mm. it can be developed into um, uh, brilliant cocktails. I mentioned it before about tequila and tonic. So Yeah, I was uh, going to say, because what, what would you drink it with? <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, I know that it would go in cocktails and everything like that, but if you're just going to sit and have a tequila, I can't just sit and order myself a shot of tequila. Yeah. So tequila and tonic is is a fantastic drink. Now I might be biased, but uh, we forged um, we formed a partnership with Franklin and Sons okay. to um, they're a tonic and mixer guys, and yeah, tequila and tonic is a great drink, and it's brilliant for us to hit that side of the market because maybe people are coming to the end of the gin experience and uh-huh. want something different, and tequila and tonic allows us to say, okay, well get away from the shots of tequila and let's have a mm. tequila and tonic. And Enjoy then, it as a nice, exactly. slow drink. Yeah. I think the other thing as well is that people have, um, people see cocktails as quite, um, not difficult, but it's a bit of a hardship. You know, um, I certainly did, um, but now I make cocktails all the time, but tequila and tonic is, is easy. You know, yes. you can have a, you can get a bottle of tonic and some tequila and you can enjoy a long drink yeah. rather than... Um, Fuss um, around with all the bits. Exactly, exactly, yeah. Um, it's a lot easier than I thought it would be. It's one of the things in lockdown that I decided to do is that actually, as a tequila brand owner, I should actually learn how to make cocktails. Yeah. Um, but that was a good thing and a bad thing because... I suppose it can be quite fun though, can't it? It can be quite fun, but once you've got to the end of a bottle of tequila and you've realised you've just drank a whole bottle in margaritas and it's still only seven o'clock in the, in the evening, then that's a, that's a tricky one. But um... Oh, I love a challenge. <laughs> I see you referenced on the Three Drinkers podcast. Yes, absolutely. Those guys have been uh, incredible. So they've got their second series coming out um, on Amazon Prime um, where they're heading around Ireland to do um, uh, taste whiskey. Um, and their Bring a Bottle podcast has been going for, for a few months now, which is also incredible. Um, and we were, yeah, we got a feature on there, which was, was brilliant about uh, talking about tequila and a bit like what you said before about getting messages out there about why tequila is different. Those guys have played a massive part in saying, actually, no, it's not just a shot. It's, it's yeah. this and it's actually a really premium drink. Um, I mean, that's not, that is a challenge for us, but it's also an opportunity and the more educational stuff we get out there, the more conversations we have, mm-hmm. the more people try proper tequila, the, uh, the better it's going to be. I'm sold completely. <laughs> so it's a kind of education part, getting out there, great podcasts like the Three Drinkers mm. podcast, uh, getting social media involved. Yes. How have you found social media? Uh, it's 
it's um, so that's what we did when we lockdown happens is right okay we need to concentrate on people buying at home and I think we, I can speak for all four of us when we say that social media and marketing isn't our necessarily our forte but uh, we did and actually it's been quite enjoyable um, working on sort of Instagram and LinkedIn and Facebook and Twitter and just trying to understand that whole culture and yeah. uh, we've actually just hit our 2,000 followers on Instagram today which huh. was uh, which was great congratulations um, thank you very much considering we started out at 180 followers back in march then that's quite that is brilliant. wow that's what a journey that's <laughs> brilliant good, yeah um but yeah it's and it is a, a big deal when you get like yeah. you know a really good loyal um fan base. sort of yeah fan base mm. that like your things and that really engage with you it means a lot yeah it's 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 great yeah um so so jody kid she did. I'm glad you mentioned that because I've already been told off for mentioning it too much. But um, <laughs> yeah, Jodie Kid. Um, yeah, I've been talking to Jodie for the last few weeks, and uh, she's a big fan of our tequila, and she's done a lot for us. I mean, the amount of thank yous we've got out back out there um, because of people who have just taken it upon themselves um, to endorse us, and that means a lot because um, the amount of people who have asked me how much I've paid. Jodie Kid to do that, do a beautiful video for us. And I can tell you now, it was, it, we haven't got any money, so um, it was it, we haven't paid her anything. And it's it's great for our brand because it means that people are actually taking the time to say, actually, this is a great product, yeah. and uh, they want to endorse it because they love the product. And that speaks um, volumes, doesn't it? It does. Oh, it does. It's very humbling. And I don't know if you guys have watched Don't Rock the Boat this no, week. No, not yet. Not yet. Okay. Spoil it for I won't tell you what's, what's happening. I won't tell you what's happening. But um, yeah, the incredible journey they've gone on, uh, mm. rowing from uh, Land's End to John O'Groats. Um, yeah. I, I think I'm quite fit, but I don't think I could do what they've been doing. Um, no, it is amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, but she was on Instagram Live on Monday with Denise uh, Denise Lewis, who's the captain of the other team. Yeah. Um, and uh, Jodie was sipping Antrinatos tequila, which was uh, very good as well. Oh, so. That's amazing. But I yeah. love Jodie Kidd. I, she can just do no wrong in my eyes. I just oh, think she's, she's fabulous. Complete yeah. female crush. Absolutely love her. Yeah. <laughs> and she's done an exceptional amount of work for mental health awareness as well, yeah. which, is, which is brilliant as well. Yeah, she's very present. Yeah, no, I think she's brilliant. And she can drive cars. Not yeah. saying that women can't drive. God. Yeah, where are you going with this? <laughs> I can't drive, so maybe that's why yeah. I find it so exciting. Well, no, yeah. she just smashed. You remember on like the old school Top Gear? Ah, oh, right. When yes. uh, she had one of the like, that's fastest right, yeah. laps, didn't she? She was amazing. Uh, she loves the cars. Yeah. 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 No, she's fabulous. So all that kind of again, me trying to make a subtle link to mental health around um, your journey, and and mm -hmm. I believe it stopped with anxiety. Mm, absolutely. So, um, yeah, one of the reasons why I was particularly keen to get Tequila Panchadatos involved in mental health awareness is, is because of my own journey, really, and why I was so amazed and, um, yeah, uh, with your brand, with Big Man Beard. Thank you. Um, but, yeah, I had, I had a breakdown well, two years, two and a bit years ago. I was actually in Prague on a stag do with 12 guys that... I'd only just met that weekend um, two guys that reported to me at my old company and one guy that used to report to me. Uh, so it was, a, it was a strange time to have a breakdown yeah, when you've got so tough. many strangers. But yeah, I, I liken my experience to um, 
it was the final nail in the coffin, really. So when I look back now, I think, I, I love an analogy, but I, um, I liken it to like, there was a wall that was building behind me or in my mind that I couldn't see. And all these thick and things happened in my life and each brick was placed without me knowing. And the final brick was in Prague. I, they were going, we were going go-karting on the second day. And I, I don't like things like that. I, I get quite anxious about new things, um, especially driving. I mean, I'm not the best driver. And uh, I just, didn't want, I just did, didn't want to do it. And I felt really anxious about it. And I wasn't very good at it. And I came out off the car and just had a breakdown I just went outside and was just in floods of tears um mm. and it was like that moment that that wall had just collapsed yeah. um and it was although it was I look back and think that was actually one of the best days of my life because that wall was toxic and it wasn't good uh -huh. but it left a vacuum it left a vacuum for me and it was like right okay well what do I do now and then since then what I've done, or what I feel like I've done, is build a wall, but it's in front of me, and I'm placing every brick, and it's not complete yet, but I'm getting there, and I, I, I another analogy, um, I liken my life before this as, before the breakdown, as a steel ball, in that, on the outside, no one could ever see what was in inside, um, it was hard I'd, I'd taken years to create this steel outing but inside it was chaos and yeah. I knew uh, that it was chaos but I just kept it from the the world and and now um, I liken myself to a peach where yeah on the outside it's quite vulnerable and it's it's uh, yeah it gets bruised and I'm more sensitive now and I'm more emotional and I'm more visible with that emotion but I've got this stone and it's the best feeling I've ever had and I've had, a, like so many people, I've had a difficult year. My, my father passed away in, in April, I uh, had the uh, end of a relationship, uh, started a new job, um, the challenges of, of lockdown and doing something different. Um, and I know loads of people have got that. And yeah, I'm emotional about some of those things throughout the year, but that stone never changes because it can't, because it's the, it's the bit in the middle. And through the difficult times with that stone that I've got, I've got that foundation that no one can break now. It's amazing. Thank you. So, so many people can relate to that. Yeah, such a journey though from that that horrible broken version of yourself mm -hmm. to rebuilding to the stronger version with more open to the environment, more sensitive to that, but have a stable beginning. How did you achieve that? Did you do it on your own? Did you take help? I got help, yeah. Um, so when I got back from Prague, I got in touch with a few people who I knew would help. And in a couple of weeks, I was, I was in counselling sessions. I think like so many people, um, when they start counselling, I, I had no idea how this was going to help. And I think mainly that was because I didn't understand how I'd got there. Mm -hmm. I knew I was struggling, but I just put it down to like stress of the job or where I was at in life. But the counselling, and another analogy I'm going to go through here, I liken my counselling session to getting the Christmas lights down uh -huh. um, in December or whenever you put your Christmas tree up. <laughs> Some people are putting them up now. But, yeah, um, no. <laughs> um, and you get this bundle of lights and you, don't, you have to unpick those lights. 
you don't start at the start because you can't see the start yeah. and you don't know where the start is um, so you unpick it and what you're doing through your counselling is you're taking those bits that have happened in your life and you're picking them out the back of your head where you've forgotten and you've pushed them back and you bring them to the front and you're dealing with them and moving on and like the Christmas lights eventually as you pick away you straighten them all out and then you understand where you've come from and you've dealt with all those things that you haven't dealt with in the past and the counselling changed my life and I owe a lot to the support that I got from my counsellor and from other people as well because that's what allowed me to get that stone in the middle which allows me to say no actually yeah. that's the strength that I've got now and whatever happens in life there's going to be emotional times but that strength can't disappear now it's mm. there and it's 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 the foundations that I've got I absolutely love that yeah. and I love that analogy as well I think it's really good it helps I think things like that really help people that maybe don't really understand so much just kind of get it you know things like that you see where you're picking away at it on all of a sudden you can see the straight line you can see the beginning and the end and it all just sort of becomes clear yeah. like a massive light bulb moment i think it's brilliant thank i you. love that thank you so given we're in lockdown now it's a very different world to what we were mm. when we were growing up um different pressures Social media wasn't so prevalent. I remember black and white telly. <laughs> That's I think social, hilarious. I think, I, think, no, I think social media was teletext, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Remember that game Bamboozle? Yes. yes. On Channel 4. Yeah, that was brilliant. No. Brilliant. Yeah, there was this, you, you went on teletext and then he had quizzes and you had to press the right button. Mm. But, it, but you'd have to have a posh telly for that because <laughs> you'd have to have the different colour buttons, yeah. the yellow See, and the I green. I had an older sister and so... Therefore, she had the remote. I was never allowed to hold the remote at home at all. So I would never have known. Do you know what's going you know, to be sad going. now is I can remember the three digits. It was 401. Wow, yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> just I remember, sad. Yeah, no, 401. I remember, like... We were the first family in our mining uh, community to have a shower. Ooh, ooh. Rather than your bath. No, I a posh worry. Um, <laughs> I've gone completely off top. It's like 65, <laughs> like what? I know, but it's the first time in my life I've started to feel older. So you look at the kids and, and, and they, they look at you like you have no idea how the world works. They do. Yeah, that's but true. the difference is, say, or is Charlie, he's 17, yeah? Really? In December. Yeah. Yeah. But he'll have peer group people who are already millionaires and famous TikTok famous, YouTube famous, mm -hmm. Instagram famous. When I first started, the famous people were in the 40s and 50s. Now, don't get me wrong. The famous people were people like Jimmy Savile and uh, Rolf Harris. Not greatest role models to uh, look forward to. But that were the people that were famous and rich were an older generation. There was no one that I can remember of, mm -hmm. of, of my teenage, late teenage, early 20 years. Yeah. Other than sportsmen. And mm. even then, they didn't earn as much as they earn now. They still earn a lot. Yeah. But the point I'm making is, when we went in, when, when I left school and went into work and, 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 and did that, I had a period of a time that I knew that I could make myself in. Mm -hmm. So the expectation on day one wasn't to be a millionaire. That from day one, I didn't have to be the most popular, the most successful, the most... Uh, my internal drive wanted me to be all that. So it's mm. a different story in terms of my own personal story. 
But children now, when they leave college, they're surrounded by success. Mm -hmm. They're told that they can be anything they want in life Mm -hmm. just because they want it and the world will be fair. And then they leave school and it ain't. And it's difficult and you can't have everything just because you want it. And even if you try hard, sometimes you may not get the result that you want. Mm. Now, I'm not sure there's anything in the education system or in the mental health that prepares people for that. Does that make sense? I'd agree. I totally agree. And something we've talked about before is uh, university and how young people are, right, okay, you're going to do GCSEs, then you have to do your AS levels, you have Mm. to do your A levels, and then you've got to go to university. Mm. And then as soon as you come out of university, you've then got to make a success of yourself. And... Yeah. I, for one, uh, one, of the, one of the things that I was talking about with those Christmas lights is actually uh, analogy was getting over the fact that when I went to university, I, I didn't want to, I ended up not doing anything with my degree. I enjoyed my degree and I enjoyed my time at uni and I, mm. went, to, I, tra- I went to University of Lincoln. So I found my new home in Lincoln. Yeah. But I didn't want to do, I did journalism and politics. I love politics, but I didn't want to be a journalist. And... But there were so many like, okay, well, why aren't you doing something with your degree? And how is anybody 100% supposed to know what they want to do at 17 when you put your UCAS application? it's madness, isn't it? And I look back now and think, uh, young people, that I didn't know what I wanted to do when I was 25, you know? I that... still don't know. <laughs> well, honestly, we've had this discussion yeah. before. Yeah. It's like, I, I always say, I don't know. I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up. <laughs> I'm not sure I want to grow up. No, I still (laughs) feel like I'm 12. And does that matter? Yeah. Does that matter? Does it matter if you know what you want to do for the rest of your life? Why do we have to do one thing? Yeah. And there's so much pressure on young people to do that. Mm. And you're right, the social media culture has so many success stories everywhere. And there's so much pressure. And, you know, I look back and think on myself, all that pressure he's put on myself about university, about what I did after university... And you look back now and just mm. think, well, I'm 33 now, and I just if I could just tell myself 15 years ago, just don't worry about it, you know? Because you don't know yourself at 18. You don't know right. yourself at 21. You don't know yourself at 25. You don't know yourself at 33. You know? so, <laughs> what, what, what would you tell your younger self? I would just say, just don't worry about it. Just do what you think is right at that time. Yeah, do bookbinding. That's what... And I'm to your yeah. Where did that come from? <laughs> because I always remember, like, on looking through the UCAS dictionary and seeing <laughs> there was a degree or something in bookbinding, and we just thought it was hilarious. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to put that down. I'm going to do that. Because <laughs> yeah. I just didn't know yeah. what I wanted to do. That's interesting. That's really interesting. It goes back to having all these degrees for different subjects. And why are... Why is it that if you go to university, you're a success, and if you don't, you're not? That's that's a ridiculous mentality to it's have. It's so ridiculous. Because, you know, there's people who have uh, trade businesses who are doing incredibly yeah. successful and love their job. And if I went to university and did a plumbing degree or a joinery degree, everyone would think that was ridiculous. Mm. But those trades are incredibly important for what we want to do, and people love those businesses they've created. And, yeah, I... I I think I was made to feel by society that I should regret going to university and doing a degree I didn't get a job in. I don't regret that at all. Hmm. But it was that feeling of people saying that to me that got to me and made me feel like that. But I, I, how can anybody know exactly what they want to do when they're 17? And why does it matter? I wanted to get a degree. My degree has helped me through. 
uh, life. It's helped me um, bridge that gap between living at home and, uh, and living on my own yeah. before I get into the real world. I got through graduate schemes through it. I enjoyed doing the degree. That's enough for me. And why should I feel ashamed by that? Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with that. Um, that it just... What you, get, you, what you end up getting out of it isn't always necessarily mm-hmm. what the original or goal that people mm. see. I mean, I think when we're talking about expectations and, um, and how society sees things... I mean, this is completely off-tangent now, but... Um, I listened to, I think it was, uh, you know, Jason Fox mm-hmm. is it, um, on one of his uh, podcasts or what he was talking about. And it was a complete light bulb moment for me because people say, oh, you know, how were you at school? And you'd say, oh, I'm, I wasn't very good at school. Well, what does that mean? So I wasn't very good in maths or English or science. So I wasn't very good in those subjects. But actually, I was absolutely brilliant at PE and drama and art and actually mm. bossed those. <laughs> but... No one sees that as a success. Yeah, no, yeah. Ever. And so I, whenever anyone used to ask me, I said, oh, no, I wasn't very good at school. Actually, I was really good at school. Mm. I was a really good student. I didn't get A's in maths, English and science. But I, what I enjoyed, like drama, PE, like running, painting and singing, I was really good at. Mm. And I did really, really well. It is a bit of... So why don't I say, oh, I did really well at school, actually. Yeah. I don't know if it's already, but you you look at those traditional subjects, your maths, your English, Mm. and that's what people put the prestige in. They don't put prestige in the others, the drama, the sports. No, not at all. But then if you go into the real world, which earn more? Those that are film stars, those that are professional athletes, Mm -hmm. those that are painters. So all these traditional... um, Painters. Artists. Artists. (laughs) Sorry. <laughs> See, I wasn't very good at oh, that stuff. I love stuff. being a painter. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? Yeah. That you, you can go through the traditional ones, so you get this wonderful job to earn all the money, so you can spend it watching those people who were great at sport, great at paintists. I like the word. It's a <laughs> it's new a word. word. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It is, isn't you it? I'm a painter. Well, yeah, it, but it, maybe you don't like the rest of the art and you just like painting. Yeah. So in my view, you're a paintist. Okay. And if anything oh, no. comes out today, we've invented a new word. So. Yeah, it's you right. Although, have I got it wrong? Because if you are, say, um, the ist is almost, it's bad, isn't it? Mm. So, no. yeah, well, if you're racist, no. or if you're fattest, <laughs> you know, it's uh, ist. So maybe it's it's people who don't like painting are paintists. <laughs> oh, maybe. I see where you're going. We're probably completely going to cut this bit out. <laughs> I'll leave it in. We can have a lexicographer bit where we come up with new words. All right, then. Outtakes. Um, but moving subtly back into the, into, <laughs> into the mental health space. where we need to be. So looking at the mental health space, and one of the things I think we've learned, I say we, mm-hmm. uh, but maybe is, is when we first went and started Big Man Beard, we thought the biggest impact we'd make would be from the financial side of donations. And actually it was more looking to piece together what appeared to be a broken system. Mm -hmm. There are so many individual outlets and counselling people and organisations out there offering great, great Mm -hmm. work, Mm -hmm. but nothing joining it together. I'd agree with that. To signpost. So part of our website is we we put a community page in there and then we put a help section and trying to signpost people Mm -hmm. to find the right help 
for their particular uh, uh, issue or cause. You said when you reached out to counselling, did you know counsellors or did you, how, was, how did you find one? That's a really good question. Um, so I had, I had, I'd had counselling before, probably about eight years before I did, uh, about something else. Uh, well, actually, it turns out probably sim- very similar, but um, I had a number and I just rang that number to see where it was and it turns out to be a completely different organisation. <laughs> Um, and then they set me up with a counsellor. It was the, uh, I think it was Lincolnshire Counselling Forum or something like that. Um, uh-huh, but yeah. it, it's not easy. It's not easy to find that. And um, I started, I think Mind is a great avenue to go around. But there's also a register which we probably should, we could share on, on, on social media, etc., which just has counsellors on there to go and do it. But yeah, it's really good. Uh, I do think that there's a, an issue there with trying to understand what treatment you need. Hmm. And it's not always obvious that counselling is the right avenue for you. And it's, I don't think I can answer that question, but I, I think talking to other people who have been through that journey will allow you to understand what's going to benefit you. Um, and yeah, but it is a very difficult one. And I, I did listen to one of the previous podcasts that had you talking about that. And I think it's a really good point because it's trying to tie everything together and it's not easy especially through lockdown because um, one of the first things you do when you feel poorly is go to your GP yeah well, that's not, that's yeah. not that hasn't been easy to do you know no. for, for obvious reasons and mm. it's a very very difficult forever yeah. and I'm yeah. yeah yeah it is difficult getting a doctor's well, appointment now I know I know the NHS do a fantastic job I'm not trying to no, trying to suggest in, in not, any way no. you're not but the demand is there greater than possibly the supply but within the mental health space, it's about trying to find and signpost and work out where you can get this help from. And that's part of what we're trying to learn from. So if anyone is struggling to find um, the right place to go, uh, reach out to us, info at bigmanbeard.com, reach out to us on Facebook, um, or come check out the community page on the website, see if you can find where you need to be. Really intrigued to see whether that works, whether it helps. It's a whole learning curve Mm -hmm. to understand where to go and how to find it well thank you so much for joining us today absolutely brilliant absolutely amazing and and all the best with the business and i hope your personal goals and your personal (laughs) mental health continues to improve like you say and and you should be so proud of the journey that you've made personally and professionally thank you very much amazing story thank you It's, it's been an honor so thanks for inviting me i really appreciate it i can't wait to uh you come around again and uh, <laughs> tequila. You want the tequila yeah, now, don't yeah. you? <laughs> you do realise I'm giving up alcohol for the entire month. Well, obviously, I know that. But after when that's finished? Well, at least you're <laughs> just trying to support local business, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Okay. Superb. Until next time. Peace out. <laughs>